This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars live call-in show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And for the next 90 minutes, we will be talking and taking your calls and then talking some more on all things Star Wars with a bit of a focus on the Forces of Destiny cartoon. Um, And to help us do that, we have got returning guests, one of my all-time favorites from MakingStarWars.net and the Rebel Girl podcast. It's Amanda Ward. How are you doing, Amanda? Hey, I'm super nervous for some reason. Really? You're just with friends on the internet. You should be very comfortable there. I know, but it's like if even one person says that they're like looking forward to something and it's just immediately like sweaty palms and nerves. But it's all good. <laughs> what about if someone said they were looking forward to your sweaty palms and nerves? How would you react to that? <laughs> uh, probably an immediate block. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the show's off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) How's your um, blisteringly hot uh, California summer's day going or summer's weekend? You know, it's not too... It it, it did get up into like the 90 degree area, but I live pretty close to the ocean, so we didn't really so much here, but it's humid, which is gross. Ugh. Oh, well, we bought a new plant today, so it's it's very exciting. It's it's now. Oh, what kind of plant? I don't know. It's tall, has leaves at the top. It's a it's a fiddle leaf. I've just been told my um my expert okay. panel. I, I whenever I podcast, I have a expert plant panel sitting in the wings can update me on <laughs> uh, horticulture and, and that sort of stuff. Now, um, before we get into the uh, the chat, I uh, just got to do a bit of housekeeping. Uh, this is the call-in show, but the traditional interview uh, Steel Wars podcast had a new episode go up this week with Brian Young of Full of Sith, which is it's getting some pretty good reviews, some very in-depth Star Wars chat that ended up with Brian pretty much just putting me on a couch and, and counselling through a lot of my Star Wars grievances, which was very fun. This Tuesday, we'll have another new episode up with Ash Crozen from Entertainment Tonight, who was uh, super fun awesome. to chat with this week and also for patreon members for those that um contribute three dollars or more a month you'll also get a new q and a episode this week and a new episode with jason ward we're going to record another making steel wars tomorrow afternoon 
And then we hit convention season and we'll be doing daily blog pods from both Disney's D23 and San Diego Comic Con. And we're hoping, Amanda, I'm always trying to push the envelope of content, as you well Mm -hmm. know. And we're trying to work out how we're going to do a call-in show from the line at D23. Wow. That will be exciting if it works. And it will also help keep us entertained as we wait overnight. But I've got, I've got these sweet banana lounges, Amanda. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Me and Jason <laughs> are going to be living large, kicking back. Jason, finally those sunglasses will make sense that Jason constantly wears during conventions in those banana lounges. Yeah. Do you line up inside or outside at D23? It's, it's an inside thing, yeah? Honestly, yeah, but I've never actually been or seen photos of it, so I don't know. But I'm in that it's inside. But it's the same place as the Celebration Anaheim, yeah? So wouldn't it be the same? Oh, It's an indoor thing? Or, or... Okay, okay. Well, the uh, chat room is a buzz, and, and Brittany is saying it is indoors. San Diego, Brittany, our uh, casino correspondent who is also going to be in the line. So there might be a bit of Brittany on the uh, call. And I would like, this is what I want to happen, Amanda. I want someone that's in another part of the line to call into the call-in show. Completely waste the technology with things like that. <laughs> that would be awesome. I can't wait to hear that. You okay. can that you can call in as well. From all of the aspects. Okay. You can call in. Are, are, you, are you going to D23 at all? Uh, no. What about, what about Comic-Con? Are you going to make a celebrity appearance? I will make an appearance, yeah. Probably one I day. Said, Drive down I, I, did say, I did say celebrity appearance, but just... I, I, I don't think well, Amanda Ward can make an appearance. It's always a celebrity appearance. Okay. What exactly is the difference? Well, it's just real Amanda Ward, so it's the real one. Oh, okay. None of this, All right. none of this fake Amanda Ward business. <laughs> the real one. Got it. <laughs> if uh, our listeners are going to San Diego Comic Con, I would invite and encourage you to come to Chris Gore's dysfunctional Skywalker family panel, which is on Friday night at 7 p.m., and I will be a panelist. At that, I think it's in room 7AB, which I think is a, a pretty big room I, from memory. I, I don't know if that's the actual Star Wars room or not, but uh, I'm very excited to have to sit at an official table with a microphone at San Diego Comic Con. I'm gonna, I'm definitely taking that little sign, you know, the little thing they put on your desk with your name and the little Comic Con logo, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm going to have one of those. And then I'm going to put it on my desk like a total prick. No, no, no. You have to get it framed. Framed? No, no, no. I'm putting it on my desk to remind me of just how important I am. What desk? Where only you and your wife will see it? Yeah. I can just always let her know if we get in an argument or something and say, well, as a Comic-Con panelist, I think we should have spaghetti for dinner. Oh, I'm so hungry. (laughs) 
All right. If people want to call in, we've already got uh, quite a few people on hold listening in and the chat room is a buzz with a lot of uh, the usual suspects. But you can call in on 646-668-8360. And uh, if you're international, I would suggest Skyping in and you just add a plus one at the front of the number. So that's 646 Six six eight eight three six zero, and uh, if you missed that, just where you're streaming from, it, the numbers on there somewhere or on steelwars.com, so we can do that. So forces of destiny, Amanda. Let's get into it. What are your thoughts? What are your initial opening remarks? Um, you know, I I'm hesitant to say you know that I just loved it only because I have that reaction to everything practically you know aside from maybe Star Wars Rebels but I really 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 like it mm-hmm. It, I feel like it delivers on everything that it could have or needed to I don't even necessarily know that there was like an agenda for this show but it's just all the notes for me it's fun it's great to look at the music is fantastic characters that I love and care about already and it just feels a perfect, I don't know, tribute to, I guess, uh, like the uh, Tartakovsky series and Star Wars The Clone Wars and characters. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I like the animation a lot better than the Tartakovsky one. I, I always found that a little bit too interpretive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah, it definitely it definitely had a style um, and more accessible, I think, and that characters look a little bit more like they do on the screen. Yeah, and I and and it's sort of got that like filmation '80s animation style about it, which I find quite endearing. Like some people complained about the 2D, but I, I, I kind of like just a bit of 2D. I've had enough dimensions. Sick of them. Yeah. Less dimension. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm loving it. Let's get one D. <laughs> You're going to get sued by McDonald's any time now. <laughs> you can only oh, be loving it. Ashton Kutcher is very upset right now. Now, there's, there's been, you know, some... There's different levels of debate about this cartoon. So let, let's let's... Peel the onion, as it were. First of all, there's the complaint that it's all about women. And Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney have this agenda to push men out of Star Wars. Check your men. Later. We don't want your money. And uh, <laughs> there's that whole thing, which I, like, I, I think we can, we can just dismiss that. We can just put that away and... Um, you can complain about that one on another podcast. There's another thing, like uh, there's, there's sort of like some liberties that they've taken, you know, with the, uh, I guess, the storytelling because it, it, it is, you know, directed to kids. But I don't think, like I know you on, on Rebel Girl, I was listening to that, a great episode just went up with Dr. Tashi Station HD, who every time I meet Tashi, <laughs> she, her name gets longer which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, 
But one thing that you shut down as a complaint, which, which was one of mine, which was one of my little quibbles, was, was Ray catching BB-8. Now, would you like to verbally slap me down for uh, raising an eyebrow at that? Well, why did you raise an eyebrow at it? Because BB-8's really heavy. It's established in the film. <laughs> I mean, I think... Uh, I don't know. Is it film you mean because of the way that he's dropped on the fin? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I sound like such a nerd, but I think if you're in the same position where you're below ground and something that's 40, roughly 40 pounds is dropped like onto your probably it's probably going to be uh, a little off-putting and you might stumble and I don't think it necessarily says that BB-8 is super heavy for Finn. I believe that. I think that's kind of absurd. I fully believe that Poe Dameron walks around carrying all the time. So the thing in the cartoon, you also oh, have to give... That, that, that's a delightful thought. That, right? Doesn't that sound cute? Maybe he has like a yeah, little um, baby born for BB-8. He <laughs> 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 kind of walks him around the resistance base. But this um, is the thing, yeah. Amanda. I, I sometimes feel a little bit self-conscious because I carry my cat around the house all the time. I, I just, uh, like, carry him around and we go do stuff. And sometimes he sits up on my shoulder and I do the dishes and stuff. But the thought that Poe Dameron also does that with BB-8, it makes me feel way more normal. Do you know what I mean? I feel oh, like yeah. I've got yeah. permission to do that now. If there's anything in Star Wars, to like a cat, it's probably BB-8 for sure. What about the lost cats? You know the lost cats that we both love very much. Yeah, but like a pet, people don't keep those as pets. Well, we had right? we'll talk about it in a little bit, but we've got the new one uh, that just came out with Jim and um, Matt Martin of Lucasfilm. I just quizzed him about. It. He said it, it's a tuka, not a lost cat. So there's all these different cat-like animals chilling mm. around the Star Wars universe. So uh, I, I found, I, I just watched the cat one with Ben, or the Tuka one, and that was, that was just a gripping tale. That was like <laughs> Godfather 1 and 2, like, as far as like tension, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, I hope that cat's going to be okay. And uh, yeah, I like, I like anything cat-like in the Star Wars universe. But I saw... Um, like Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm was sort of, you know, went on this Twitter spiel about, about canon and about interpretation and in a cartoon for kids, if the gag says it's going to be funny for Jin to catch, oh, sorry, not Jin, Ray, to catch uh, a heavy droid, then we're going to do it for the gag. I would argue it would be funnier if, BB-8 was flying through the desert and she went to catch it and then at the last minute realised, oh, that's a heavy robot. I'm going to let it hit the sand. And then you get like a funny noise from BB-8. I, I can see that. I totally agree. I, I think that they were just going for like, not to say lowest common denominator, but like what's going to give us off and it's Ray being a hero rather than BB-8 falling in some... You know what I mean? I know, I know, but I just, and I, and I know it's for kids and, and that is fine. But I also think once you like market the cartoon with like, hey, we've got all the original voices back, 
like like that's an adult bit of marketing. I don't know how much does um how much does Penny enjoy that it's the original character voices, your daughter. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Wouldn't make a difference to her at all. And and I think Lucasfilm though is is totally their rights to market something or aim something at and they choose and also make it accessible for others. I don't think that they should be helpful for for making it appropriate for all ages while they're doing of making it accessible. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just so, like some of the, like I've enjoyed them. A few of them like the the there's one of them that I was sort of just like, yeah, I don't know what was whatever, but uh we'll talk about that. But um I've enjoyed that and and I love that it's, you know, I, I imagine all the little kids watching it and and getting into Star Wars. And it's it's very telling that the YouTube clips are on the Disney channel and not the Star Wars channel. I I just yeah. found that a little bit of uh an interesting tell. And again, there's nothing absolutely like like noting that, there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's all part of it, but yeah, I, I would sort you know there's a few tweaks that if I I just felt like if they just went the extra, you know, another like oh maybe if we just tweak that a little bit, and then it would be as entertaining to kids and also the adults that let's admit it we are also marketing to as well. That 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 night watcher creature, I was interested. Like, was that always a giant thing underneath, or is that a new thing? You know, why even ask? Does it matter? Because <laughs> you're going get the answer that you expect or want. I, I, it's probably not. No, it probably wasn't ever meant to the sand. I'm just interested, Amanda. But that that kind of like <clears throat> that kind of thing is just. Uh, the epitome of Lucasfilm being able to take advantage of themselves. uh, I mean, they literally left like 99% of the creature's body invisible. And that's a thing. We can fill that in later. Let's, let's make that a thing later. Like they, they, they set themselves up that way, like constantly. And so it's probably, yeah, they were probably just like, Hey, let's make that actually giant, fucking sandworm thing that eats junk for some reason and it's beautiful yeah no i I was just wondering if one in one of those like cross-section books or you know the you know where they go through you know here's the here's the trigger on this gun if um (laughs) like they've gone into it that was like a deep thing or not or it was just something where they just went hey we have not said what happens after this neck and uh Let's whip up a, uh, a sweet bit of action for it. So maybe if someone in the chat room knows about the little Night Watcher thing, which I found when he little poked his head up in The Force Awakens, that, that was one of the most Star Wars things. Like, it was just like one of these weird intrinsic, ah, oh, that's Star Wars. Like, it really brought me back to... Um, like the early Star Wars films where you just think weird would happen for no reason. Very, very fun. So that was the Sands of Jakku. And I guess that was after in The Force Awakens, that would be a deleted scene 
after we saw the Night Watcher pop up, yeah? That's where you'd edit that in? Yeah, because uh, that when we see that is BB-8 still hasn't encountered Ray yet, or Tito. Ah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that we cut from, like, Poe being captured or something to, like, BB-8 scooting along the sand as the sun and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when the Night Watcher thing first pops up, it's just BB-8 by himself. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, so this Night Watcher's really been um, following BB-8 for a while. He really (laughs) bides his time. That'd be like, like, if you're really hungry, that'd be like following a chicken nugget, like, like four miles down the street. Yeah, and you know, it's funny too because there's in Jakku where there's an entire graveyard from a massive space battle. Like that, no reason to ever leave that area, and yet it's just out in the middle of the desert, like chasing around a droid. Well, that's what it popped up into my head in the in the next one in BB-8 Bandits. At the end, they sort of trap uh, Tito in the old Star Destroyer with the uh, the Night Watcher worm. And he eats the bike, and it's like Nightwatcher Worm. You're in a ship. You're in an old Star Destroyer <laughs> that you're eating the bike in. It's made of metal. Like just live there. Like you could, you'd basically be living in a roast lamb for the rest of your life. It'd be delicious. <laughs> yeah. Like why exactly. leave? <laughs> I guess that's what separates me from the Nightwatcher Worms. Hey. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm curious to go over to your house now. <laughs> now, one that had a very special I was very much looking forward to this was the Ewok escape with Princess Leia and Wicket and a couple of Ewoks escaping from some stormtroopers. What did you think of this one? I liked it. I I liked that um I I th- I think I talked about on Rebel Girl, but it was sort of a more romanticized version of and the Ewoks, I think, because I think in Return of the Jedi, while she finds them cute and interesting, she probably generally thinks that, like, she has more important things. But I love that she, like, takes time to, like, help this, uh, help Wicket, and, and she's there, like, in this moment of, like, these creatures or species is I never know what to call them. Uh, she's there, like, like to help them and not really sort of be so concerned with herself. And, and I love that. I think it was really cute. Well, Ash and I were talking about this on the episode that will go up uh, this week. And we were both very impressed by the folding skills of the Ewoks. Like, they know how to present a gift. You know what it is, though? I bet it's like do it i bet they like each take a corner and then like sort of bring it together like think like cinderella like birds making a dress type of thing i bet they all sort of pitch in ah that would make them even cuter now i I need um you're making you're putting me in a position where i need forces of destiny spin-off episodes from forces of destiny spin-off episodes (laughs) yeah it's just like i need to see the folding but i tell you what i would have liked you know, if I was in the pitch meeting, I would have pitched that, that the, the awesome dress that the Ewoks hook 
Princess Leia up with. I would have rather if that wasn't like the first choice and we could have got like a pretty woman, like try on change room montage. Do you know what I mean? So like at one point she comes out and she's wearing like low gray skull and wickets like scrunches his face up and goes, nah, that's not for you. And then after a few different outfits, she comes out in that dress and wickets like yubnub and that's the end of the montage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking something similar that like they were making it for her like at the time and like they kept making stuff like too short or too or or like too matronly or something and she's like they're giving them like like no like cut it this way and like because <laughs> if you remember there's like promos of of Carrie Fisher in that dress for Return of the Jedi and that thing has some high thigh splits it goes up real high and she does not look like she's wearing any kind of panties like I think somebody had some input on the design of that dress <laughs> wow this is really um this is really opening my uh yeah I, I did not expect it to go this way um <laughs> but i just adored having the ewoks back i thought that was a, a cool little uh inserted scene and uh the next one was i think the next one was the padawan path with ahsoka this one i do you do you get where this fits in in the cartoon or it doesn't? I mean, not exactly, but do I need to know? Oh no, I was just interested because I like yeah you know, all the mo- all the movie ones. I can sort of go, I can sort of you know like slot. You can sort of work out where they go, and you are yeah. a a far bigger connoisseur of the Clone Wars cartoon than I. So I thought I wasn't sure if like. For someone that had watched it a lot, it was quite obvious that, like, oh, that's before, you know, this, that, or the other. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, this is one that I would like information on. This was my favorite episode, by the way, that we've had out so far. And I would like that about when it takes place because we don't know exactly the significance of the ceremony that happens end of the episode like we can kind of guess like okay ahsoka has achieved like a certain or or, or a, a time in her padawan ship and so a piece of her thing but if you look at it anakin has his longer hair that he had end of of the clone wars and and in revenge of the sith so it makes you think that it's sort of far along in their padawan master relationship so for her to be getting that then seems a little weird after them having so much already. Because I know, um, I can't remember exactly when Anakin got the long hair. In the, I know he has the shorter hair up until season three. Maybe somebody in the chat. But yeah, I think there's some clues there as to like when exactly it could have taken place. Now, as far as ceremonies go, pretty light on the ceremony. Like no, I don't think I I don't think I would have gotten there on time either if the whole thing was like here's some of your old hair. <laughs> Where's the well, pop? Where's the circumstance? Come on, Yoda. But you have to pick con- it up. You have to consider. You have to consider We're how many Padawans there are in the Jedi. Organized ceremony so bad as well, or something. Is that the quote <laughs> from the movie we watched? I don't even know. Sorry, what Amanda. I, I I spoke over your uh, defense of Yoda's ceremony. 
It's okay. I was saying that there's a lot of probably a, a lot of Jedi uh, Padawans. And doing that much ceremony each time costs a lot of money and time. <laughs> God. So we just have to just get through it. Next. <laughs> how many how many rat tails do you think Yoda handed out that day? Do you think it was like that was like his twelfth rat tail handout, and it was just like, oh, I can't believe she's run away. But I think he probably, at the most, schedules one a day. I think he's he's not into. It really. Yeah, well, he's getting old, you know. Now, then there was the action packed, uh, the imposter inside with uh, Ahsoka and Padme. That was that was pretty exciting. I thought it was. Yeah, this one was. I, I really liked it. It was really fun. It was a very reminiscent. Clone Wars episode, obviously, I love that Padme and Ahsoka were back together. It was in Padme's apartment, which is always a beautiful location. But I thought the action in this was like so dopey, like level one. It was just so <laughs> silly. the The bomb thing, I think, is the thing that really bothered me the most is when there's literally like a bomb under the table next. To- and then instead of running away, she just says, like, Ahsoka, there's a bomb. <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird. But then the, the action after that was pretty goofy as well, because it was like, kick the table this way, so then I can cut it off the table and then force push it out. It's like, just force push the whole table out. <laughs> Same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can, yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got an Ikea voucher. We can get another table. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty bummed we didn't get a sweet uh, Windows from that either. But those changelings, they yeah. are up to trouble. I think I think we need a positive changeling story. Like, do you know what I mean? They've really been demeaned as an evil uh, species. But you know what I, I love about it is that they're not very good at their... Like, Zam was failed, obviously. She was probably a little bit better. But this chick episode... Like, what was her whole objective? Was she just trying to get going in the Senate or something? Because the whole thing is that she put utensils on the table for a species that doesn't use utensils. So was she just trying to upset somebody? Or <laughs> maybe get Padme on, like, worst host lists? In- I don't really get what's going on there. Well, first of all, I have to say, is, that was the, the Athorians, the Hammerheads, they were coming over. Is that, am I, am I putting those species oh, was together? It? Yeah. I, I forget. Yeah, Hammerheads are Athorians, yeah. Yeah. My, I, I've always liked the Hammerheads. I think they're, 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 they're good guys and girls. But I do like that they, like, that they eat with their hands, that they're just so low-key. Do you know what I mean? They're not like snooty. Yeah. They even the, when they're uh-huh. visiting like a senator, they're like, "Yeah, we're just going to eat the chicken with our hands." I I rate that. I, I <laughs> they they sound like my type of species, you know. But I think the reason why the forks were out was that the changeling, you know, like took the role of someone else and didn't know about like so she's changed into like. Sorbet or Marbet, mm. Dubay or C three Bay or something. And so she hadn't <laughs> been given the instructions about no forks. 
that was the tell. It wasn't like the the. Yeah. I don't think the force was some sort of political statement on the on the. That that would be interesting. Maybe that like the changelings love forks. Do you know what I mean? They also manufacture forks. They're from Fork Planet Forks. <laughs> And because the Athorians aren't using forks, they're like, yeah, we're going to like terrorize them into some table manners. <laughs> yeah, it was a protest. I am. For more forks. I'm just waiting for the text on my phone after a few of these theories with just like, come to San Francisco tonight. We need you. <laughs> these are great ideas. Oh, boy. But yeah, I thought that one, that, that action bit was, you know, that, that, that's where I sort of just go, oh, well, it's just for kids sort of thing. You know, I, yeah. I always like, in talking to, you know, so many people about Star Wars over the years, I, I, I always have a lot of interest in what, you know, people are willing to let go of and what people aren't. And it always changes, like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It changes. You know, like mm-hmm. like you and and your hatred of Empire Strikes Back's, uh, you know, <laughs> iconic Yoda puppet is. Look, your, I never said I hated it. I never. He, you didn't have to say it. You didn't <laughs> have to say it. All right. So as we, what was the other? I think we've got two more we haven't talked about. Oh, okay. The Beast of Echo Base. Like this. I don't know. I, I don't know why Chewbacca ended up in some sort of, like, was he out drinking and he woke up with, like, a wampa? Is this, like, a Tinder date gone wrong? What, what's happening in this cave, Amanda? She, no, Pat, uh, Leia says that they're in there digging tunnels. He's supposed to be, like, doing hard labor, basically. But then how did he end up asleep with a wampa? He wasn't asleep. He was stuck under the wampa captured him and held him to him and then fell asleep and he couldn't get out. Okay. I thought it was cute. Like... I like this one. Okay. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's interesting what we, we like and dislike. This one, this Chewbacca, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think when you just think about the wampa and Empire Strikes Back and, and the way Luke got away and the desperation of it all and then like, Chewbacca's like, yeah, he's napping on me. He's napping. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, what doesn't make any sense is that Chewbacca didn't have any tools with him, and he was sort of just chilling. Maybe they were having a conversation, and they actually fell asleep on him. I got the feeling they were out drinking, and then mm. they sort of just woke up on the couch together. Maybe I'm projecting a bit too much of my own life onto Chewbacca. Yeah. Hmm. And then I just watched this one. I think it, this one just went up today. One of the greatest pieces of fiction in the modern age. <laughs> the Stranger. <laughs> With Jin Erso. Yes. One of my favorites. Manages to save a Tuka which is not a lost cat, but an equally cute cat-like creature in the Star Wars universe. Um, Jackie, my wife, was concerned about this one because she could hear some meowing coming from the TV and um, that <laughs> kept her in to know if the cat was okay. So this is the story that's capturing minds around my apartment and the world. What were your thoughts, Amanda Ward? <laughs> 
Uh, this one was definitely the worst so far. Ah! Um, <laughs> come on, you know you agree. Uh, I don't. Brittany in the chat room yeah. agrees with you. She's getting blocked. Can I just say, I don't know why you need to care so much about little <clears throat> pet cat creatures. Like, why was that the plot of this episode? No, no, no. That should be the plot of every episode. The the, the plot of episode nine, Star Wars episode nine, should be that there's a cat-like creature in peril. Enough of this Death Star, enough of this (laughs) super weapon business. Cute cat-like creature in peril Luke Skywalker and Ray use all their powers to save the cute cat from the, the evil cat haters, the evil, evil Darth Amanda Ward. I'm not sure if you can see through the code that I'm trying to put forward here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great episode nine. Start counting that cash, Bobby Iger. Start counting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cha-ching. You know- well, that's... Do you know, what's interesting is your favorite episode is my least favorite episode and vice versa. Wait, I thought you were being this whole time. I know, I loved really that one. It? Yeah, I thought it was, I, well, because of stupid reasons, but I still really liked it. See, okay, that's my problem. It's not the cats. It's people like you that just fuzzy creatures and think that makes for a good television. Because there's a lot of you. Sudden, and it's really annoying. <laughs> well, look, don't get me wrong. You on your hi- I love fuzzy creatures too. You're just up on your high horse with your real life children. <laughs> I I'm just for a cat. To be honest, I would love to have a cat right now, but I want to see them in Star Wars so much. Like, just go away. Oh. Especially for Jin. I think Jin needs so much more exploration. Serious exploration. People constantly complain about no uh, character for her and blah, blah, blah. I, I would love to see actually story about and and her past. Like, this was such a waste. It was very frustrating. Yeah, but I don't think you're going to get any sort of... Like, what what backstory do we get on Chewbacca that he... Falls asleep with wompers. Like, uh, I was, like I, 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 I yeah. too would like to know more about Jin, but I, I don't really expect much of it in a, um, uh, like a two-minute cartoon on the Disney Channel. Like, I, I think we all need to pace ourselves. Like, after finding the excitement that Ewoks could get hired in any, um, like, Pacific Sunwear store around the nation with their merchandising <laughs> skills, like, I, I, think that's, I think that's revelations enough. I don't think the Star Wars community could handle all that. But I actually, like, because the little girl, I think it's a girl, that loses the, the cat. Like, I, I, like, just had such empathy because I just, like, if I lost my cat, I would be so devastated. And whoever did save the cat for me would be the galaxy's greatest hero. So that, that's why I could yeah. really relate. Yeah, and- and 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 when you, when it's put in that context of like what the show is doing, like it was sin and like you know sometimes mean people pick and 
kids for no reason. And and it was sort of a a smaller like version of a look at like discrimination in a way, probably because that was an alien. But yeah, it, it was fine. I guess so boring. <laughs> Oh, oh. righty. Brittany's well, in the chat now talking about these cats. I feel like a bad person because she's so nice. All right. Well, there is some interesting information in the chat room. Uh, Trevor has just said, I heard Ewoks only blink when they're high. So what does that mean, Trevor? Does that mean like, like between 1983 and 2012, they discovered drugs and it was re-edited? Very strange. Very strange. But um, Amanda, how about we take some calls? I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Well, first up, we will go to, we've got the Patreon fast pass. So we always go to those guys first. But I always go to the first person that called in first. There's a little bonus. And quite often they are a Patreon anyway. But let's go to 314. Who are you and where are you calling from? What's up, guys? It's Eric from St. Louis. Eric Struthers. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Eric. I'm great. It's been a while, man. Amanda, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, Amanda's grumpy. (laughs) I don't want to come on your show. All this... um, Love for cute animals has is, is, is made Amanda uh, upset. Speaking of, of getting young guys and girls into Star Wars, Eric, you, you've been posting some of the most gorgeous photos of your daughter, who I believe is three years old. Is that right? She, she just turned five. My little boy oh, just three to- in a couple of weeks. Well, that's the proves that they just grow old so fast. Oh, the, the time has flown <laughs> for me. But she has fallen in love with the um, the Power of the Force 2 Star Wars Special Edition Jubak. Oh, yeah, she t- loves that guy, man. It, it's adorable. What, 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 what do you think it is that's um, driven her to this Jubak love? Well, she's, she's super into dinosaurs, you know. She said when she grows up, she wants to be a paleontologist, and she's been saying that for, for two years. And because... You know, they, they have a similar look. It's one of the first things she noticed when we watched A New Hope. And I had taken her to this store in, uh, in the St. Louis County area called Saga Toys, and it's where you can get all of your cool vintage stuff. And they had one of the old do-bags sitting in a case, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're not getting that. He's too expensive, and he's not. You couldn't play with him, you know. And so I happened to, he just happened to have this thing sitting on the shelf, still new in the box, man, 20 years old. And uh, brought it home, and she's in love with it. That is awesome. And the, 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 the photos are, um, they're so cute because when the Jubak's mouth is open, it looks like he's smiling as well, like he's just having a great time yeah. getting hugged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a happy Dubak, man. But um, we we shouldn't talk about too much about cute things because it might make Amanda angry. <laughs> now, come on. Don't be like that. 
<laughs> While Amanda hangs up on us, uh, what did you uh, think of? Uh, um, what did you think of all the uh, the shorts? I really like them. You know, it's. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I I love them. The kids have really liked them. The one with Ahsoka with the robot, the robot freaked my little boy out a little bit, which is weird because he's into things destroying other things. So. I don't know why that was a, a, a button pusher for him, but I think they're great. How have your kids enjoyed them, Penny and Luke, Amanda? I love them. She will sit and watch them all all the way through. Luke watches them too, but I don't think he's like enamored with it. Like he he likes it. There's more of a long form Star Wars, I think, which is like a movie or something like that. But uh, yeah, they they super dig it. Like. I think Penny thinks it's the coolest thing widespread. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe Luke's too busy blogging on the internet about how women don't belong in Star Wars or something to watch them. <laughs> you still were having conversations with Doofy now. <laughs> what was your favorite one, Eric? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I really like the one with Ahsoka. Uh, I like the, the one with Leia and Wicket, even though it's the, the plausibility level is low. It was still really cute. What do you mean the plausibility? Are you talking about the perfect folding or something else? Well, no, <laughs> that the, the, the stormtroopers somehow managed to not get the best of them in that situation, you know. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was super cute. Yeah. What else on your mind, buddy? Well, what I wanted to ask you guys, and you especially, Amanda, since you know you got little kids, and I'm always thinking about stuff like this. If you were going to write an episode of Forces of Destiny, what would I mean? What would it be about? What would you target? Oh wow! I feel like I talked about this before, and now I've totally forgotten what I thought. Um, I like I said earlier, I would I would love to see something of Jin. Um, but it, but it's hard because these are clearly aimed to be like fable moral lessons. So you would have to write something that would fit within that. And I can't really think of anything in particular about Jin that could fit that. Like her life seems a little bit too chaotic and crazy. Um, but also I would just really like to see um, something with Maz say If they have like another five minute moment um Donna or something that we could explore because I thought they had a really, really good rapport and a great relationship in The Force Awakens. I want to see more of that. Yeah. Will we get a Maz Kanata one later on, do you think? I hope. I hope so. You know, whenever they first announced it, it didn't occur to me that she would be, you know, the, the narrator, if you will, of it. And I think it'd be cool to see her. She, I find her to be one of the most intriguing characters from the force awakens, you know, it's like she's, she's been around forever. You know, everybody knows her yet. We've never heard of her before. Now. I think there's a lot you could do with it. And so I would think, I think it'd be great to see an episode focused around her. Now, who would, who, who would introduce it? <laughs> That's true. That's true. But she's not really doing much. I, I don't know. I found the way, I don't know. The, the way the information about when it's going to be on Disney and how many episodes and all that sort of stuff, I don't know, quite vague. I, it's, it's, 
I feel like someone that thinks this much about Star Wars should know everything about it, but I, I sort of thought that she would be like narrating or something. Or she doesn't, apart from saying forces of destiny, the moments that make us or whatever, like that's been it so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is. I, yeah. Yeah. Narrator is the wrong word. I'm sorry. No, but that's sort no, but of how they market it like that. Yeah, that's sort of how it was pitched, that she was like the narrator. We, yeah, because I remember seeing in some of the concept art that they were plainly drawing her, you know? Yeah. 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 I imagine that she was going to do like a Clone Wars type thing where they had like a brief introduction to the story. Yeah, I, 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 I think because of the concept drawings, I thought we'd like start off with her kicking back and she'd get into her seat and tell us a story. And then it would drip, oh, you know, yeah. it would, yeah, like sort of that sort of thing. And at the end, she'd sort of go, like nod and say, and that's why you should always look for people's cats for them. <laughs> exactly. You know what would be cool? <clears throat> you guys read the uh, highly recommended by me book, the um, Star Wars Atlas, the exact title, it's longer than that. But it came out last, this year? Uh, but it's it's written from the perspective of a character in universe who's telling the story of Luke Skywalker and the Skywalkers and everything that happens, and it's really interesting because it's not exactly specific because they weren't there and some things are a little vague and something really um, exaggerated and that would be a cool thing to to in some shorts like this is have someone who wasn't actually there and and isn't actually a part of tell these stories and make them seem very exaggerated and, and cool and exciting. Um, like a never ending story, sort of like a grandfather telling his children is of Luke Skywalker on adventures or whatever. I thought I, I, I would like to see that too. Yeah. Like a, a, a the C3PO storytelling method, Tico carbon. Yeah. All that good stuff. Isn't it, isn't it great how he tells Luke like, things that he tells them in the beginning of their relationship is I'm not very good at stories. And then by the end of the trilogy, he's telling like these incredible stories of sound effects and, and it's like, dude, you're full of crap. Let me ask you guys something. Speaking of that, I don't remember where I saw this, but when, were you under the impression in Return of the Jedi when 3PO is, you know, laying the story on the Ewoks that he was making the sounds? Yeah. Sound effects. Yeah. That's yeah. totally my understanding too. But I saw that no, it was R two D two. I can't remember where I saw it, and I'm like, I've got to declare shenanigans on that. And the way it was presented, and I, I, this just came on. Otherwise, I would have been way more prepared to give you. Here's where I saw it, and here's. But I was definitely under the impression that whoever it was was explaining that this was indeed a fact of the Star Wars universe. Ah. Oh. I, I was just here to Never discuss a, a cartoon for kids, and then you're rung in with this grenade. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, feel like, I, I feel like that grenade that you dropped. Amanda, throw it here, and I'll lightsaber <laughs> it out of the podcast and throw it out the window. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll just hang up. I'll hang up right now. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we have to – yeah, that's – I. 
What, so they teamed up? To, so they had a rehearsal beforehand? <laughs> That's kind of what I was wondering. Wow. Uh, no, I think R2 is just that good. Hmm. No, because like C three PO goes like Toronto Gonch, Toronto Gonch. Like he's he's freestyle and he's beatboxing. <laughs> yeah, he does, huh? Yeah. You know hmm. when when my little boy is trying to tell me something that's happened, you know, I mean his language skills are are really pretty strong. You know, he like you said he's almost three, but my little girl. She cuts in all the time on him when he's trying to tell me what happened. So maybe it's like that. Maybe R2 is just like, no, this is it. No, here's what's going on. Right there. I'm, I'm, sending, off a, I'm sending off a tweet about this. <laughs> <laughs> my mind's Don't going in all kinds name. of places now. I'm wondering if he's recorded these sounds, like Darth Vader breathing and like the blaster. Has R2-D2 been recording everything that's happened? My mind is blown now. Right there, I'm setting off this tweet. Um, Quick question: Who made the sound effects during C3PO's story to the Ewoks? This is urgent. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to have to do this tweet. All right. Pablo Hidalgo and missing words. Quick question. Who made the sound effects during C-3PO's story to the Ewoks? This is urgent. Let's see if we can get some answers. I feel like there needs to be like a Batman light shining up in the clouds <laughs> right now that somehow Pablo Hidalgo looks out the window and instantly rushes to Twitter. All right. It's going to be some live answers. All right. Man, I'm sorry. I, I really opened up a can, didn't I? <laughs> oh, this was the one. Remember we had that uh, someone rang up with the false scream or something? And like, oh, God. And there was this some bit of made-up backstory, which turns out not to be true, where when Palpatine attacks the Jedi that come in to arrest him, he lets go of a force scream that, like, disorientates everyone, and that's how he killed them. Okay, <laughs> Pablo Hidalgo comes back. 3PO. Yes. Oh, good. Okay, good. Oh, I feel better. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> oh, now i got to find out who it was that was spouting off that other heinous line yeah, of crap. Yeah, that's a gate, quickly. <laughs> Shut the gate on that guy. All right. Uh, oh, that is... Eric, that was too much for a Sunday afternoon, buddy. Come on. Oh you got to warn me. If you're gonna... Hey, this oh. just happened. It just organically came up in conversation. I can't be responsible. All right, but we're getting answers. We're getting answers. We're getting answers. We could, we could do a, um, like a, um, a pseudo-Pablo episode where people just call in and I just tweet him questions, and it's like he's a guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure he would love it. There's no trick to it. It's just a simple trick. Um, Eric, you're doing weekly The Bad Motivators podcast. It's super fun to listen to. So I recommend people go listen to that. And thank you for doing all the post-production work on the call-in shows. I really appreciate it, man. Well, thank you. And my pleasure in that order.
Okay, see if you can edit it so it sounds like Amanda's having fun. Dude, I'm not. I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. Thanks, Eric. Talk to you soon. No problem, man. Thank you, guys. All righty, that was some tension, man. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. Let's go to one of our patrons in Australia that's calling in on her lunch break all the way in Perth. Rebecca Edwards, are you there? Yes, I am still in Amanda. How are you today? Hello. Hi. Have I got you? Oh, no, I have got You've you. You've got oh, me. Just, just enough delay there that it was like, oh, no, the call isn't working again. No, no, you're on. <laughs> you're on. What's happening? How's the oh, future? Is it good? Uh, the future is very cold today, very overcast, very cold. Not used to it. Perth going through its coldest winter in 110 years at the moment or something. And, uh, yeah, really feeling it. It's, it's like wow. 12 or 13 degrees at the moment. And uh, I'm struggling. You used well, to be like 20, side, 25 degrees this time of the year. Yeah, Perth is normally just beautiful weather all the time. On the flip side, in LA, my iPhone stopped working today because it was too hot. It put up a little thermometer logo oh. and said, I need to cool down. So I actually got a cup of ice and put the iPhone next to it and it started working again. So that's a fairly um, <laughs> Bear grill solution to a modern technological problem but uh rebecca you know, what's on your mind today I, buddy i called up that star well i called up about star wars from getting tech support so this is uh quite well oh uh, look i the i had two things on my mind uh one regarding the han solo film and the other one regarding uh women in star wars so happy to go with either or both which would you like let's go with both kick us off with the han solo one first Okay, my own solo one is that, uh, look, this is my personal view. I'm getting a bit burnt out from all the Han Solo stuff. It's really taking away the Jedi thing for me. Because it's like, okay, well, we're meant to be having a trailer coming up for Last Jedi, but it's just all Han Solo talk. And I just feel like they're trying to rush this movie too quickly. And it's like, why did you just say, okay, look, we've had a lot go on. Let's just delay the release of it by three, six months, whatever it's going to be. But they're locked into this thing of, no, we've told the shareholders we have to have this movie out by, by May. It's, it's got to be out then, so we've got to make sure it all stays online with the production. But the simple fact is the fans, as far as we're concerned, the thing's going to still make a billion dollars or whatever on the box office. It's going to be a hit anyway. We're all going to go and see it. So why rush it to put something mediocre out on the table? Actually get the thing right. I agree with you quite a bit. I, I always thought that having it five months after another film was just like just on paper, just before they even had any issues. I thought it was like, cause I love the, like I enjoy the build up, John. I mean, and I know the Disney corporation yeah. doesn't make like billions of dollars off my anticipation, you know, the, the chunks of money have made off releasing films, but it just seems like, even just for, like, the licensees, like, the, the burnout, like they, they're already having enough trouble getting out, you know, like, figures and, and, and comic books and, and, and that sort of stuff out on time for these yearly films. And, and to crank one out, like, you know, five months later, it seems, you know, very strange. And, yeah, I, I the, like, just even, like, they're going to have to have, I guess that the plan would be that they're going to have some sort of teaser show before The Last Jedi, yeah? Because it's within five months, so you're going to have a teaser. 
I, I think you're right there in terms of like merchandising alone that it it's hard enough to keep up with what's coming out in terms of the the trilogy film. But then it's a case of oh, how which part of the collection does this fit into? It's, it's just overload. It's just yeah, it's too much me, and and I'm not even a big collector of stuff. But it just feels like hey, can you put a circuit breaker on this and just give us all a bit of a break? We've still we've got enough on our plate to keep us going. It's not like you're going to be going away for 15 years again. It's just give us a couple of months. Yeah, what do you think, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I sort of agree, but I think you sort of answered your own question, Rebecca. Bob Iger really, really wants to put Star Wars in May, and like I kind of don't care about any of this. But but uh, but it is going to make a billion dollars. It's going to make a billion dollars. How bad they market the film, no matter how few toys there are available, it's going to make a bunch of money. people are going to love it because it's a Han Solo film, because of Star Wars, etc. So when you have to make move where you put a film five months after the previous one, or you have to take that chance to. T- you're going to test it on a film like this one, which uh, before the director mashup thing, we sort of felt like was going to be unique and cool and funny, and now they're going to sort of play it more safe. So I think they just kind of don't care if the market's all there, and they kind of don't care if it doesn't make as much money on the toy side of things. So in December that they are going to make a ton of money. I think they just really want to put Star Wars back and they want to have it in the summer and sometimes in the winter. So, in a way, this is kind of like, okay, we know this is the film we can throw away because it's still going to make money, it's still going to get the, the audience there, whereas if we took, sort of took the chance of doing this with, say, Rogue One, bringing that in too early, it would have been too much of a gamble to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's and I think maybe doing it the other way around would be really sketchy, but... I, I think if you've got like a banging saga film, then you know people are going to be up for another film that close. I, I'd worry about doing the other way around. But yeah, for me, like, the, like me personally, I'd probably say bring one out every eighteen months. That that would be my preference because you just get to you know build up and dismount and stuff. But you know every year. But I think what what is it now, Amanda? Is it When's episode nine coming out? Is that a May one as well? It's May, yeah. It's a year after. Yeah, well, that could be a... Like, now that they've locked that in, that that might really... Like, they maybe really don't want to put Han Solo now in December because then that might sort of maybe, you know, cool things down a bit too much if you're going to drop, like, a saga film that is a uh, much bigger budget in, in May. Just just a thought, just a thought. But Yeah, especially on the marketing side, you're not going to spend your money for Han Solo toys when uh, fine toys are going to come out in a few months. But as far as hype for The Last Jedi, Rebecca, I think after mm-hmm. next weekend, it's going to be, we've got D23, and I'm, um, you know, it's, seems like we're not going to get a trailer, but we're going to get something. And I, I think there's going to be a lot more um, definite buzz around The Last Jedi. Although, looking at the, the whole thing about not being able to take phones and that stuff in there, I'm not sure how much of it's going to be available to the public. Well, I, I'm really hanging out for the trailer 
I'm really hanging out for the trailer for two reasons. One is the fact that we actually get a trailer and we can see all these little snippets, but more importantly, it's your reaction to its feel. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing that really makes the trailers to me. Yeah, I, I, I just I, love hearing that isolated track where we don't hear the trailer, but we just hear your oohs and ahs and carry on uh, about what's actually <laughs> happening. Yeah, well, um, you're not the first person to mention that to me. I, I think this week there's going to be a surprise for those that enjoy my uh, moaning. But I think the wards have been working on a special musical remix. Am I correct, Amanda? You are correct. It's going to be quite... Oh, drop well, that sizzle. That, that is very, very exciting. Now, Rebecca, your, your second topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, second topic. This is more of a, just a, a bit of a straight-up statement there, and um, you can comment on if you want. I did my first-ever cosplay at Supernova here in Perth a couple of weeks ago uh, and had an absolute blast doing it. But the thing I noticed was that out of all the various things you can cosplay as, Star Wars is definitely the number one thing at all of Supernova. Uh, even the people that weren't cosplaying, they were re- if they wore a T-shirt from some TV series or something like that, easily half the market was, was Star Wars and sort of everything else made up everything else. But you had a lot of young girls and, and young boys that were cosplaying as Ray, and they're having an absolute blast. And it just said to me, there's this real connection with this character. And even though I cosplayed on the dark side of the Force, when I was watching The Force Awakens, the moment that... I got Ray as a character was when the explosion went off and Finn's laying there and, and she's looking over him and he asks if she's okay. And he just gives that, like, yeah, of course I'm okay. Just get up kind of vibe. It's like, <laughs> I, I connected with this character mm-hmm. now. And I could just see that in all these kids that were cosplaying as Ray that, yeah, this is just an awesome character. They don't care about the fact that she's a female character. They don't look at it as, oh, this is women taking over Star Wars. It's just like, this is an awesome character. Get behind it. And so all these people that gripe about the fact that women enjoy Star Wars, it's like, grow up and get a life, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. And that was I, just my I, little blurb on that. I'll stop soapboxing. I, I know. Well said, Rebecca. I like that, you know, not even making a quarter of the characters female is a takeover. It's like... Yeah. It's, right. It's and like, I don't want to get all mathematical like, and, and I don't want to use facts. Yeah in the argument, but here's some facts. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face in this day and age, if you don't like facts, just make up your own ones. But, but the thing that got me, I cosplayed as um, Captain Phasma, and the reason I went as that character is I'm the same height as Glenda and Chrissy, so it's a good choice. And I had this young woman come up to me at the convention, she was just so excited about the fact that she got to meet her idol, and then she was like asking for a hug and things like that. And the comment that she put up on her, um, her uh, Instagram feed was that she couldn't believe she got to meet her idol, uh, Captain Sazza, and that she didn't think she had any ovaries left after meeting me. <laughs> and so it's like, what? what? People are annoyed about the fact... Yeah, <laughs> she was just excited about Sazza so much. And it was like, people worried about the fact that, oh, no, women like Star Wars? Get over it. They're my favourite women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too, but... <laughs> Yeah, the Phasma outfit was awesome, Rebecca. I uh, was, was very impressed with that. But yeah, I... My, We've got a lot of work con- to do on it, but I'll get there. My connection with Ray was when she was excited to hear about Luke Skywalker. That was when I was just like, ah, oh, she's me. Mm. 
she's she's like a Luke Skywalker <laughs> yeah. person as well. So that like because I, I saw that in when they showed, I went to that like little eight minute preview that Disney had, and that was that mm-hmm. was part of the scene. And when she said that, I was like, ah, oh, that's my character. That that's the one I relate to because she's like a big Luke Skywalker fan. So, but I, I I think you're totally right. Like little kids didn't watch the movie and think that like think about the fact that she was a girl like they just accept it like it's just what? like it's like right. it's a girl but let's it move on it's a hero yeah mm. very true well thanks so much Rebecca for taking time out of your uh, okay. lunch break to talk to us mate that's a go I've got about another three minutes to go but um, yeah good to talk to you both and uh, chat again soon sweet as now thank we- you are going to go into the Patreon bonus section and we'll get through a lot more of these callers. I just got another tweet from Pablo. She <laughs> said, ostracize that person. Shame that someone into oblivion. And I've tweeted back that I'm on it. So, um, Eric, ostracize. We've, we've, the, the Lucasfilm story group has commanded that we shut the gate on this idiot <laughs> claiming. <laughs> Finally, uh, we're backed by Lucasfilm. I'm, I'm an official Lucasfilm gatekeeper now. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> it is just terrific. So what we're going to do is go into the supporter Patreon bonus section. If you are listening live, it will continue. If you're on iTunes and you want to hear the rest and get all the bonus shows, like just this week, there'll be a Q&A and a Making Steel Wars show up, as well as all the back catalogue, all downloadable direct to your iPhone app of choice. Go to patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars and it's just $3 a month to help continue the production of this little audio podcast. And Amanda Ward, we'll do your plugs before we go into the bonus section. Rebel Girl Podcast, killing it as always. Let the people know. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, Rebel Girl Weekly, it's out on Fridays, it's on iTunes, it's on the Google Play Store, it's on .net. Uh, check it out. There's tons of amazing episodes. We have Dr. Tossie Station HD on the last one. Uh, you don't want to miss her riveting uh, takes. <laughs> so, um, And then you can find us on MSW Rebel Girl. Oh, nice. it's yeah, M-S-G-R-R-R-L. Three R's. No spell check. Right. I, I love it when you talk to Toshi because cause she's such a new fan, she sort of questions things more. Like she's sort of yeah, like, she's not in wonderful. the bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and she's yeah. got such a, such a entertaining way of, with words as well. So um, I highly yeah. recommend you guys checking that out. If you are listening on iTunes, please consider becoming a Patreon. Uh, people seem pretty happy with it. And for everyone listening live and our patrons, let's go into that bonus section. <laughs> All 
All righty. We're in the bonus section. We sort of reviewed all the episodes for so long, so we might not be able to get through everyone tonight. But let's go to the next person in line, and it is our San Diego casino correspondent, Brittany Brown. What's going on? Hey! How are you guys? <laughs> Hi, Brittany. What, what, what do, you, do you have any forces of destiny thoughts? Um, I think it's a pretty good show. I think it's funny how everyone's like going in depth about the series. Like, oh, like. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network at makingstarwars.net.